Imagine a world where you knew that you mattered and you belonged. The people cared about you because we were so darn good at listening to one another, no matter how different we are. That is what Sidewalk Talk is doing by putting listeners on sidewalks all over the world so that we can practice the art of connecting. Join me, founder and director Tracy Rubel, as I interview experts on the fine art of human connection and interview some of our volunteers who've been listening on the sidewalk and even some of the folks that we've listened to. And if you want to volunteer, consider joining us at sidewalk-talk.org. You know what's so cool about Brad Montague? Every time you're around this guy, I mean, for me anyway, I think for you too, you just want to be a better person. There's something so legit, so authentic about his vibe. His whole mission is to bring awesome grown-ups together to make a more awesome world for kids. So he's looking at everything through the lens of his own children and your children and my children. He works with companies, colleges, creatives, churches, schools to bring people on a fun adventure to really create possibility and change. Um, his new book is Becoming Better Grownups, and he's been making this joke that his book has sold fewer copies than the, stand, the pop-up Danny DeVito <laughs> cardboard, which I don't think is true anymore. But gosh, if you need a love transfusion, I know I said this about Spring Washam too, but this is another one of those people that you're going to get a love transfusion from. So I can't wait for you to listen in this conversation. Some of you heard it on our Facebook Live, uh, bringing it to you again on the podcast and listen all the way through. I do have one error I made. I, I meant to ask him what his favorite band was, and it, I stumbled because I was so nervous, and I asked him what his favorite brand was. So don't like be confused when you hear me say that. What a goofy question. I definitely lost some sleep over that one. But anyway, here, without further ado, is Brad Montague. Brad Montague, welcome hello, hello. to the um, Sidewalk Talk Big Hearted Listeners Crew. That's a great title. That's a great way to describe what you do. That's what we do. But you're yeah. one of them too. I mean, you're one of us. You're just part of the club. You're just, you know. I'm in, I'm in your club. You're in the club. So I, I want to start this off in a really unusual way because you get you do lots of interviews and I wanted to do something a little different. So what I Thomas C. Knox is watching, he just said, Thomas, I was just shouting you out Thomas. to, to Brad. Thomas, I'll send you a slap bracelet and we'll be BFFs forever. And Stacy just said hello. Forever. So a bunch of folks are saying hey. I'm gonna give you a lightning round here of questions. Ready? Brad, what'd you eat for breakfast today? Oatmeal. Uh, what's really your favorite tooth? What's your, what's your favorite toothpaste brand? <laughs> uh, Crest. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite brand? Ooh, uh, uh, I was I. This sounds so personal. Uh, this sounds so self serving, but I was going to say Soul Pancake. Okay. Uh, what's the last thing that may give, gave you a huge belly laugh? <laughs> my daughter uh she made up a song um and it was total nonsense okay how'd you meet your wife 
summer camp when we were kids. And then we got married at that summer camp. For real? Yeah. How, how many dates did you go on before you kissed her for the first time? Oh, oh. It was a few. I, I'm shy. Okay. Have you ever met Fred Rogers? No, but I met Miss Joanne Rogers. You she's did. pretty magical. I got you to did. work on my book at the Fred Rogers Center in the archives, sat at his piano. Yeah. What, what uh, made you come up with the idea with kid, of Kid President? What started that whole thing? I was working with kids. Uh, my wife and I started a, a, a summer camp program, and we were working with these incredible kids. And in the midst of a world where there's all lots of challenges and all sorts of negativity swirling around, there were these little little lighthouses doing beautiful work. And I just thought, why why can't we tell these stories? Why can't we listen to kids more? The world would be so much brighter if we could just, you know, okay, that other stuff's important, but turn it down and amplify the voices of kids. And so that's where it started. So I'm going to ask you a really weird question. So, so do you talk to your own inner kid a lot? You know, I've started. Yeah. The process of the book made me have to do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. To so talk him in a little bit. Let him you know. Tuck, it's okay. You tuck him in? Yeah. Yeah. I'm being for real, yes. <laughs> I know you're being for real, and you know that I kind of do the same thing. So uh, what's the obsession with comparing your book sales for Becoming Better Grownups with Danny DeVito cardboard cutouts? Can you please explain this? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? So Seriously? what is your, what, have you ever met Danny DeVito in the flesh? No, but I happened to be on Amazon, you know, looking to see how the book's doing and then happened to look up a Danny DeVito cardboard cutout and saw that he had so many five-star reviews as a cardboard <laughs> cutout. And I had spent years of my life pouring my heart out into a book and it had four reviews. And I thought, this cardboard cutout. And so I waged war against it. And, you know... uh uh, then I showed up at my <laughs> workshop on Monday, and somebody had left this <laughs> in the front of it after <laughs> recycling bin, and he reviewed my book. So, um, oh, Danny! Danny reviewed your book. Yeah, so I what, think, can I you can I'm you read gonna, the book review to us? It says, uh, "Your words are the sun on a new spring morning, shining through the cold winter of COVID nineteen, waking us up to the beauty of the world. You showed up for the world, and you changed it for the better." Cardboard cutout, Danny D. Oh, man. Hey, do you have one of your books around? Uh, I do. I'm just, I got all sorts of fun stuff. Hey, would you would you read us one of your favorite spots from your book? Yeah. Maybe something directly to uh, our sidewalk listeners. You know, they're, they're kind of bummed out right now because they can't uh, sit on the sidewalk. This is, this is um, if I could only print two pages of the book, if they said, okay, it's 332 pages, but okay. we have to cut it down to two pages. Okay. These would be the two pages. All right. Read it, read it on to us. We want to hear. <laughs> so it's the, the end of a big story here, but may we all remember the magic we've known and never forget we need each other because no person flies alone. Should your spark start to fade because of stress or time or fear, you'll need reminding of your flying and the reasons we're all here. To fly and help each other fly. It's wild, but it's true. To fly and help each other fly. That's what we're here to do. There's an image of uh, people flying. 
Oh, sweet. And did you draw that? Yes. How did you learn to become such a good drawer, Brad? I had to unlearn. You had, <laughs> had to, to uh, you had to learn to talk, to listen to your kid guy inside again, huh? Yeah, because I loved to draw when I was a kid. I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to, and then I thought, oh, that's not that's that's not something real people do. Yeah. Uh, that's not something I I could ever do. That's something other people can do, but I can't do that. Wow. And then the more and more. I when I draw, I it doesn't look exactly like I wanted it to look in my head. Like I want it to look like you. I want to draw Tracy, and then it would end up looking like a potato. <laughs> well. But there'd be a charm to the potato, and and I, I've yeah. had to learn that in the same way a child expresses themselves just because they want to. It's like a gift. It's something that an urge. Um, there's a beauty to that. Yeah. That that. I'm still working on the craft and that's okay, but I can't obsess over that. I, I need to um, focus on the the heart from which it, it originated, the ideas. And so yeah. um, part of sharing things online was an exercise in overcoming that fear and slaying that dragon and just going, yeah, this is a weird drawing of a cat, but I'm just going to share it <laughs> because I have to. Yeah. It's, it's something that I need to share and I'm not going to worry about that it doesn't look, it looks more like a potato with legs. What I'm hearing you say is that you're a really heart-centered person and that these creations come from your heart and that you're putting that out in the world, which I imagine is scary because it's kind of vulnerable to do that. I want to be a heart-centered person. I, I hope that I am. I think we all are or, or maybe. Are you being shy here? Like what's going on? <laughs> you are no, a heart-centered person. I want to be and, and yet uh, it is. It is. It's one thing to post, like if you share something online and um, it's just baseball statistics or something. And it's another thing to share an inner struggle, a map of your, your interior life. Um, and, and that scares me. And I don't know, I think part of why I continue to do it is because the more I do it, the more I discover I'm not alone. Mm. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And then you get to be that seen. Way for you, the way you, you, when you hear other people's challenges or, or what they're, I mean, how has that journey been for you? Listening on the sidewalk or is it yeah. therapist or both? All of that. I mean, that, yeah. that life path, um, um, I would imagine you've got your own struggles. Yep, but then you hear sure. others, what does that do for you? For sure, I feel less alone. I also think listening on the sidewalk has helped me move out of fixing people and really recognizing that, gosh, if I just see people all the way and remove all the limitations in me that might prevent me from seeing them, that in and of itself is the magic. And I think it's why we're lonely because we don't actually know how to see people. So we're all feeling lonely because no one's really seeing us, mm. you know? Right. And so I oftentimes, so it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and I oftentimes say that people struggling with mental illness are really quite healthy. They're having a really healthy response to a really sick society. Mm -hmm. We're not loving each other enough and we're not seeing each other and we've forgotten how to listen, you know? Yes, yes. 
And what I love about you is I oftentimes feel like your work is always trying to get more of that out there. It feels like you're, I don't know, I, I feel like when I when I see your Instagram feed or I, I see you on the video, my kids love Kid President. They made sure to say that I had to tell you that. Um, you're like little sparklers. Like I just see you running around with little sparklers, lighting things <laughs> up and saying, hey, guys, come on. We've got to change the landscape here. That's how I feel about you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I I get excited about um, uh, not when you notice things, and and then you want everybody else to notice it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that feeling of of yeah, there's all the big loud stuff, but there's these quiet hums, there's these little mm-hmm. bitty whispers that that are phenomenal. But let's pay attention to them, and and not in the. Uh, and not in a way that that is being thoughtless. That's saying, "Yeah, I know there's problems, but look at the dandelions." But that's inviting people to pay attention to the things they might have missed, um, because I need those reminders too. And the more I yeah. tune into that frequency, the more that I I notice it, the more I see it, and the more I think I can create it too. Yeah. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you say is that I'm not trying to be this positive guy that denies hard stuff happens, but sometimes noticing the subtleties or the sweetness or the small moments, it almost sounds like it gives you resilience to to, to do all the rest of living. Yeah? You hear yeah. me okay? There, um, the the city has decided to work on the, the, the road outside of my, my shop here, so... It's perfect time. Are you sure it's not? It's you sure it's not Danny coming over and saying, "Give me my cardboard <laughs> Danny, sign back." He's, got it out he's for trying me. to break down your door. <laughs> oh my god! So I want to tell you a couple little things and have a little tender moment here with you. Okay, um, I'm not going to try to make you cry, but you know what? There's a little secret why I also am drawn to you. You look like my best friend from when mm-hmm. I was 19, who passed mm-hmm. away four years ago. And so whenever I see your face, I just feel sort of naturally drawn to you. His name is Travis. Probably his wife, Lisa, is watching. But he was an illustrator as well. And, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to share that with you. I often get this little little moment. Yeah, I'll send you a cute little later. I'll send you a little video of he and I talking before he passed. He was a big Star Wars fan, and he was trying to stay alive to get to the next release of Star Wars, and um, he wasn't going to make it. So I called Lucasfilm. I said, look, man, this is my best friend in the world. And they actually sent the film to his house before it was released. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. It was like the best thing best, best thing I ever have done. I could talk about it now. They said, please don't tell anyone we did that because we don't want everybody <laughs> calling <laughs> Wow, which film was that? Was that Force Awakens? Uh, It was the one where, uh, uh, the first one with the gal in it. Yeah, the first, oh my goodness, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then he got to talk to J.J. Abrams after. It was really sweet. It was really sweet. So you remind me of Travis, so (laughs) I just wanted to tell you that. And I also told you that I I was going to read to you one of my dearest poems from when I was an eight-year-old little girl because you always speak to the kid parts in us. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read it to you now. Is that okay? Is this a poem you wrote? Heck no. This is a poem by <laughs> Sarah. I do not write poems. This is a poem by Sarah Halbrick. Sarah Halbrick, um, I just want you to know wherever you are in the world that your poem was on my nightstand as a little girl 
and uh, probably kept me alive in many ways. Here it goes. You are not the boss of me and what I feel inside. Please don't say, let's see a smile or tell me not to cry. I'm not too sensitive. You think my insides steal? You can't tell me how to be. Feelings make me real. That's my poem for you. Wow. How fascinating that that even at a young age, that inner life was something that, that you were so drawn to. Yeah. Well, let's shift it back over to you. Hey, and folks that are watching, I can see your comments. Um, if you have any questions for Brad, let us know. Tell me about how you became this kind of heart centered. I know you, I know you said that you're not, you know, a heart, you know, whatever, but <laughs> you are, you're following, you're, you're listening to the beat of your own drum and you're, a, let's, let's face it. You're a dude who's being super vulnerable out in the world, super mm -hmm. heart centered. Um, when people read your stuff, something awakens in them and that comes from you. How did, how did this come about? How did you become the modern day Fred Rogers? <laughs> this is, it is, I don't know how to talk to you because every <laughs> sentence you say, I, I have to process how absurdly kind it is. Uh. <laughs> isn't, isn't, isn't it your quote that said um, uh, that we need absurd amounts absurd of love time right now? Call for absurd love, yes. Mm. <laughs> um. Take it in, baby. Take it in. <laughs> um. I think like everybody, I am on a journey, have been on a journey and still on it uh, of um, becoming maybe who I've always been <laughs> and uh, uh, becoming more of, of the child that I originally was, but who has some wisdom uh, and, and experience um, combined with that innocence. Hmm. Um, I have always been fascinated by um, the strength that it takes to be tender, the um, mm, the God. boldness in being gentle. The and that stuff is not things that boys are, are normally celebrated for having or being um, or shown models of that. Yeah, but those were the people that that I I looked for, and the more that I um, and then I, there were times where I was uncomfortable with being that person or being open in in, in that way, and sometimes still still that way. But um, finding that that. That, that that leads us to great connection with each other, that that is needed in a world that's loud. We need people that can create a quiet space. We need gentleness. We need grace. We need someone who, people around us that can create spaces where everybody belongs, um, stories that point us to who we can be, um, stories that aren't just 
loud, but I also love to be silly. And so how do you reconcile those two things? And maybe they are the same thing, (laughs) being profoundly silly is actually the point. (laughs) When you look at people like, you know, who we think of as wise, but also as leaders, you see like Desmond Tutu. And every time you see him, he has been through and marched people through some really challenging, heartbreaking moments in history. And yet every time you see him now and he's older age, he's laughing. And, and there's this lightness to him, even though he's been through so much that's heavy. Um, I'm drawn to that and I want that. Um, so I'm still figuring that out. Gosh, there's something so so beautiful about how you identify that it's hard for boys to be able to cultivate that kind of fierceness of heart that you're describing. What would you say to boys that 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 are coming up um, in the world that might still get messages that that it's not okay? Or yeah, you know, you have to, I got to work with a really cool young man for a video project recently, and. I was so struck by, I think he, um, he's in elementary school at this point right now and, and so young, but it's like his heart is so wise. He was already feeling so much uh, injustice. Like he would see things at his school and just be so sad that so-and-so didn't have lunch or that these people wouldn't sit with that person. And, and, and he was speaking up for them and was so... Uh, he felt it all. And my words to him were, what a gift you can be to see and notice the things that, that maybe others don't. And where you're going to grow is in how you can express that and how you will express that and, and know that sometimes it will upset people and sometimes it will be misunderstood. But don't stop feeling that and don't stop expressing that um, because you you help us see things we, we might otherwise not see. Um, we need you. Um, and, and as I tell him that, it's like, oh, I needed to hear that. <laughs> I love that you just made that connection. Right. That you said this thing to this boy and, and that there's a part, a boy in you that needed to hear that. And, and probably lots of boys around the world that need more men in particular to stand up and make room for that tenderness in them. You know? Yeah. And that, what I love is, and I, cause I visited so many different schools for the book where, uh, you know, focused on third, fourth, and fifth graders in every single state. And I actually met so many. Um, men who were working specifically in elementary schools because they grew up and didn't have male role models. Uh, They never had a male teacher, especially when they were kids. Um, I met several male kindergarten teachers and they were just magical people. The way that they were so strong, but could be so silly and so approachable. And a lot of... um, principals that were in roles. And um, there's actually one of my friends who, who's here. He's uh, uh, um, in our small town here. He's uh, the, the principal at the junior high. And one of his big things is always telling the everybody, I love you, and using those words, love, 
these big words that that you know you don't normally it's not okay for boys to say that uh, um, in, in a lot of society society places it's just it feels weird yeah but it shouldn't yeah and they're making it okay yeah so so what was the inspiration for writing becoming better grown ups then Brad I want to hear there's so much. I originally just wanted to do kids' books, and I still I've got several kids' books in me, and working on one that's um, due right now. But this book came because I decided to visit schools. Um, as I was visiting them, I just declared it a listening tour, where I was going to stop trying to share stories and stop trying to speak, but just hear what kids had to say. And I would ask him, how can I be a better grown-up? What does it mean to be a good grown-up? Who are some good grown-ups? Do any of them exist? And the kids were so disarming. They were so funny and charming and really, really smart and, and unafraid to tell me what they thought. And the more they told me, the more I felt this responsibility that, ooh, I've got to share this. I have to. Mm. So I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it's just a talk or it's a blog post. But the more it grew into all 50 states and uh, all these schools were applying to be part of it, it, it grew bigger than me. And even now, you know, it's a book, but yet already so many people are turning the book into other projects and to see it be generative in that way is super exciting to me. Wow. You want to dream big with me for a second? Yeah. Let's dream big. So let's say that this book inspired some kind of magical action mm-hmm. that changed the world, that left this legacy of love behind. I'm just making this up on the fly, but I'm just dreaming with you. <laughs> I'm following you. I like this. What kind of magical love action or actions, because you don't have to pick one, would you like to magically materialize and come out of becoming better grownups? I think one thing that um, is happening right now, but that needs some help, a little nudge, is there's, there are already millions of great guides, mentors, teachers, friends, great grown-ups who do not realize their impact, who do not realize that the way they show up because they're, they're looking and they're going, oh, I don't do this. Oh, you know, I don't cook a meal every night. I don't, oh, we don't go on big trips. Oh, I don't do this for my students. I'm not a Pinterest teacher. I hear that all the time. And what research shows, neuroscience shows, what feedback from kids show is you looking them in the eyes every day, you listening to them, noticing them, seeing them over time, that changes everything. So what I think would be, when I want to see happen and what I want to nurture is the tapping on the shoulder, the whisper in the ear to say, you are doing it. You are making this happen. Mm -hmm. You are already writing a better future for for this, for humanity. Because of the way you show up for kids. And if we nurture that, if we notice that, if we really celebrate those little bitty things that are happening every day that are holding society together, um, it will grow. Um, I've had this uh, Society for Better Grownups 
and I yes. make them say the pinky promise, um, and I give this pen out to people that says, can, "I can know I am a member of the Society for Better Grownups. I will grow and help others grow. I will laugh and help others laugh, and I will fly and help others fly." And um, get it? It's so ridiculous and silly, but imagine a million people owning that, living that, and then. When they see a teacher doing that, when they see a neighbor, a grandmother, anybody, and let them know, they realize there's a whole army of people that are showing up for kids, that we're not in this alone. It's not one person doing it. There's, It's a, a movement of people. The shopkeeper, the, the school teachers, the neighbors, the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if like you took over a town and everyone like was making this commitment and that whole town just sort of focused on cultivating that for a year? Yeah, we're going to be for kids. We're going to, yeah, we're going to do what's best for kids and we're going to have hard days, but we're, we're going to, we're going to do this together. Uh, and, and what's really amazing is that that already exists. There's also the flip side of that where it doesn't. There's places where there's a lack of love, a lack of care, um, people yeah. who don't realize the impact they have on the kids in, in a negative way. And to awaken them to, to that is, is important. Yeah. You have a lot of hellos coming in. So Terry and Connie and some other folks, folks from lots of folks from Texas. Do you have a lot of friends in Texas? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Good people in Texas. Are you are you a Hook'em Horns guy? Not nah, I'm in Tennessee, but I, I love I love all states. Well, so I want to ask you a couple more questions, and then we'll close with our. We have a ritual for how we end. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, and please, if there are questions that you all have, I would love to include you here. Um, the concept of empathy comes up in your language a lot and the concept of really looking people in the eyes and letting them know they matter. What does that actually mean to you? I mean, what's your version of, of empathy and, and letting people know they matter? Like we, we like to listen. What's your version of listening, Brad, or how do you hold it? Um, Teach us something. <laughs> well, summer camp's always been a special place for me because when I was a kid and went, I had this experience where people who were older than me looked me in the eyes and, and said, oh, you're funny. Oh, we see you. Oh, we like you. And put, said, I have a place at the table. And, and that feeling is something that, that, sticks with you when you feel that that sense of belonging and what i want to be and what i want to nurture is bonfires of belonging everywhere that it's not something you can just create at a summer camp it's a thing you can create in every room you go where there is zero question that everybody in your orbit has that you see them you accept them you love them um, even when they're unlovable or all what they feel as, as that, that, but that you're saying you have a seat at the table and that takes fierce strength. It takes a lot, but that's what grows good, rich, vibrant community.
communities and, and, a, and a good, vibrant world. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I've been so drawn to, you, to what you all do. Because what, what is some people sitting on a sidewalk and inviting people <laughs> to talk. That's saying, hey, you have a seat here with me. This is a bonfire of belonging. You can sit. You can not say anything. You can say something. Um, to, to be able to create that anywhere you go, whether it's a story. That, that was why also YouTube has been fascinating for me because yeah. it can be a platform to just dump content yeah. or it can be little campfires and, and oh, people beautiful. gather around them and share what they've learned or sit and listen and be healed or, or whatever. But when you start to see everything that way, you approach it with a different spirit and, and, and it's received in a different way where people see, oh, you're inviting me. I, I, I want to be the front porch. Everybody can come on in. Come on in. That's so sweet. I want to be more like you. <laughs> I want to be like you. <laughs> How do you. So one more question, then we'll, we'll do our close. But I think this is a juicy one. So buckle up. How do you cultivate that fierceness of heart to be so loving even when there's hard things going on in the world or people are behaving in kind of hard ways how do you cultivate that fierceness of heart um you know we grow in relationships we grow with people and um i uh, my family is is one in which they help me grow and, and push, you know, allow me to grow into my best self, but then also mentors and, and friends that, that have been really important and, and, and people that I said, I am so third grade in the way I make relationships, but I will just say, Hey, will you be my, will you be my mentor? <laughs> like I need you. Uh, having to be that blatant about it was was helpful to me. Um, and one of I actually this is funny I have it right here, but uh, one is a guy that he sent he sent me. This is a friend. He was my camp counselor. Uh, camp comes up again, uh, but he sent me. I told him I was trying to get a healthier living uh, for my life. He sent me a mobile metronome. Said a little too fast, <laughs> but you're but like whoa. He, he said you know but. The kind of people that know, know you will cheer you on when it doesn't seem like it makes sense and um, will check in. And sometimes I get really lonely to feel like uh, the kind of work I'm doing, I don't, there's not like a clear path for what to do next. There's not like a, a roadmap for how to release a book in the middle of a pandemic or how to like grow work, uh, the kind of creative work I want to do. Yeah. Um, so to have guides to, who help me chart that course, that that's been, been really helpful. That's really wise. I mean, the, the, the raising your hand and saying, I need help is also brave. It's another brave thing. Cause it's vulnerable, right? Mm. Hey, uh, I forgot to mention something. Um, guys, what you just showed with this, what is it called again? Those little timer things with the piano? Metronome. A metronome. That is such a perfect, perfect 
description of what we're launching for Mental Health Awareness Month, because normally we put on these big events and take over cities and have sidewalk listeners everywhere. But because we can't be out on streets, we're sort of initiating random acts of connection. Very much like mailing a former student a metronome. So I just want to say for folks that are watching or folks that will watch this recording, what we're trying to instigate, propagate, nudge, provoke, materialize our random acts of connection that are safe. So me and my son are making mini bunt cakes and I put them on the neighbor's doors. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Because he's a good baker. He's Lucky really good. And neighbor. I, I, I want to eat them too. So, so please um, remember that when we reach out like this, it challenges a, de brain, a brain that might be depressed to actually recognize that, oh, Maybe the world isn't against me because you get this random metronome in the mail when you're feeling kind of lonely from your former camp counselor. I just love that. So beautiful. So, Brad, um, there's a way that we end our conversations here. It's a tradition. So for all of the folks that we interview, I get out of the way and I let you take the floor and speak mm -hmm. directly to our listeners. And the invitation is to say to them either words of wisdom or a wish for the Sidewalk Talk listeners, the folks that listen on sidewalks around the world. Either words of wisdom or a wish. Mm -hmm. I love that. By the way, happy birthday to Sidewalk Talk. Five years, right? Five years. Five Thank years. You. And the best is yet to come. Ah, the best you. is yet to come. I okay. I'll, I love that this is a tradition you have, but I'm going to close out the way I close out every classroom visit I, I did on the listening tour, and um, it applies to all adults too who are watching, not just children. Um, the kid, or kids around you, and the kid inside you. I would like you to know I'm not just a writer and director. I'm also, I work at a wizard school, um, uh, part-time adjunct. And there's a little advice that we pass on to the wizards that I think applies to you. So don't hide your magic. Please share your gift, okay? This world needs to dazzle. This world needs your lift. It's okay for wizards to be quiet or shy, but hiding your magic is a crime. And here's why. The world needs to dazzle. We need what you've got. You might think that you're nothing, and really you're not. You're more, much more, and it's time to be seen. You're more loved than you can imagine, more powerful than you can dream. So if you feel less than or that you don't count, or maybe your soul is all flooded with doubt. Hey, remember, you're magic. You're equipped. You're prepared. Just never forget that magic is meant to be shared. That's my wish for you. Don't add oh. your magic. You take that in yourself, mister. Okay. All right. Thank you for being here with us. If you ever need a listener, I'm always here in lonely moments, or not lonely moments, but for legit. 
And I appreciate you taking time out of your day. And may your family be safe and well during this time. Thank you so much. And I know you mean all of that. Thank you. I do. All right. Bye, Brad. Bye. Thank you for being here and listening to this episode of the Sidewalk Talk podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, like and comment on the podcast publisher that you're listening from and subscribe. This will help us get the word out about changing our culture to one of connection.